Welcome to Smart People Money. This is the Smart People Money Show. Now, you might be in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, and you know it's time to get serious with your money right now. But what does that really mean? Well, it's easier than you think, and it may cost less than you might think. Again, this is the Smart People Money Show. I'm smart, you're smart. Now, what do smart people do with money? Let's step into the classroom and find out. Welcome to Money Class. This is the elective that you did not take in high school. This is the personal finance tips and money ideas show with a certified financial planner. I'm Michael Anderson. I will be your instructor. I've been working with people in finance for over 12 years. If you have questions, you can feel free to schedule a free 15-minute phone call. We'll talk about your specific situation, and maybe that will help lead you on your way. To schedule your free 15-minute phone call, you can go to marinantha.com. Click on the Start Here button. And with that, we can get started with class. Get out your notebook and have a seat. It's time for roll call. But before we do that, the all-important disclosure. I do not know you or your situation, so it really doesn't make much sense for you to take advice uh, from the stuff we talk about on this show without having the knowledge of knowing you and your situation. And plus, I only give advice to clients. So this show is purely educational and for entertainment. Please consult with your tax, legal, or financial professional for advice for your specific situation. I'm Michael Anderson, a certified financial planner. I talk with people every day about their situation. I hear a lot of stories. And this is the thing. There is a confidentiality. There is a fiduciary responsibility that goes along with these conversations. But people lay it all out on the table. They want advice in these meetings. And today I'm going to share with you just a few observations that over the years I've seen in my experience as a financial advisor. Just three quick things I'll mention, and then we'll jump into a few things for the lecture here. Number one, everyone is a little confused. And that's okay. There are so many different puzzle pieces to your financial situation. It's often hard to make sense of it, and many people struggle. So if you're in that category in camp, it's okay. Specifically, when we look at your situation and we look at where you're at right now, and we also try to project where it might be in the future, the complexity just compounds. So it's challenging. It's okay that you're confused. I give you permission to Give yourself you know, less guilt about being confused with your financial situation. That's number one. A lot of people are feeling confused. Number two, most people don't like this stuff. It's kind of like a different language or it's a different uh, skill that you know you're not very good at. You just want to kind of avoid it, sweep it under the rug, put it on the back burner, whatever metaphor you want to use. It's not really fun most of the time, so it's easy to ignore. And uh, that, again, is for most people. Number three. There are many people that do it themselves. And nowadays, more than ever, that's entirely available and acceptable for some people to approach it that way. So if you're in that camp, there's nothing wrong with that. You can certainly uh, have access to do things yourself and do you know, a fairly good job. The other side of that is many people know that they don't want to do it themselves and they purely look for someone to delegate the task finding kind of a personal family CFO situation where they can hire someone to help them handle this. And there are benefits to both sides, whichever approach you take, whether you're doing it yourself 
or whether you're delegating the responsibility to a financial advisor in some way. So those are three observations I see and observe in the industry all the time. And it's important to know where you're at and specifically where your spouse is at. Because as a household, you need to come together and try and work together, be on the same page with your financial situation. Very, very big deal. Let's jump over to something that I see more and more in finance and personal finance. Baby boomers as they coming into retirement, as technology continues to be a bigger part of our life, the learning curve with technology, baby boomers are getting better at using their technology. They just are. Some of them still avoid it and just shun it, but by and large, they're getting better. What I want to go into with this is the idea that there's a huge difference, huge, when you look at the savings rate of return from a big bank, one of the big national banks paying around 0.2% on a savings account. So if we have $100,000, they're paying you $200 for the year to hold your money in that savings account. That is just not enough. And they are really making a lot of money off of having you hold your money there. Well, what are the alternatives? What is the easy other option that we have available? Now, I'm not selling you anything. I don't have any affiliate relationship or anything like that. But what I talk with people about is if you look around, there are options. There are some online banks that are a very much a great deal. And I'll just mention a couple of them. You can do your own research here. And again, I'm not promoting or advising on any of these, but if you look at Capital One, Ally, Discover, Synchronicity, CIT, a few of them that I see regularly offering a savings rate above 1%, above 1.5%, and even right now I'm seeing above 2%. So in that scenario, with someone having money sitting in a savings account, whether it's at one of the big local branch type of banks paying 0.2. Your $100,000 sitting in that account is earning you $200 a year in that holding place. If you had it in another one, an online bank that is a reputable and they're paying 2.2, that would be $2,200 they would be giving you in earnings over the course of one year. So it really makes sense to learn. I mean, they are really paying you money to actually embrace a little bit of this technology and uh, hold some of your money if it's in a savings account. It's all FDIC insured. All of that's important and they're all there too as well. So make sure you have that. But, but they're paying you money to simply open that account, link it to your other account, and then hold money there. It's very easy to do. And you have that ACH link to move money back and forth. You keep your wells checking, keep your savings as well, but just keep less of your money in it. So, you know, just a lot of smart tips that you can do to save and have a higher rate of return with your savings nowadays. More and more boomers are feeling more comfortable with this type of work and situation. And uh, it is definitely something where you can increase your rate of return and optimize your cash management in a rather simple fashion. So that is today's lecture. We're talking about what I see regularly in, uh, in, with clients. And it is one, everyone is confused. Two, most people don't like this stuff. Three, it's okay to DIY or to delegate. And then the final note here was that take a look at online banks uh, for your savings account. Very easy. And the technology makes it so simple to do that. So that is it for today's lecture. We're going to jump into the chalk 
talk in just a moment. But before we do, I want to make a note. You can get a daily Smart Money Minute on Alexa. Here's your flash briefing from Smart People Money with Michael Anderson. This is the Smart Money Minute. I'm Michael Anderson from Ventura, California. So you may have Alexa, and if you don't have Alexa, you probably have a smartphone. You download the Alexa app, and you just say, Alexa, enable Smart Money Minute. You'll get a daily money tip in your newsfeed. And that comes right from me. It is called the Smart Money Minute on Alexa. So please check that out. Just say, enable Smart Money Minute. I love the chalkboard and everything always does get so dusty when I come up here. It kind of frustrates me, but today's chalkboard talk, we're going into it and we're talking about fees on the chalkboard. Fees. What are fees? Many people are very uncomfortable with fees uh, and, and talking about fees. We don't know how much we're paying for stuff when we go to the doctor's office. We don't know how much that car is actually going to cost once they add in their fee for the lot and for the processing and for the this and the that and the this. And then you finally get down to it and you say, wait a minute, this is different than I thought it was. Or with your financial advisor, you don't know the fees that is being pulled from your account to pay them and their firm. And it really shouldn't be that way. But just to touch on fees a little bit, obviously transparency and having upfront fees is important. You want to be working with someone that does not hide behind their fees. They wear it in a very forward and upfront way and are transparent about it. But to touch on that and a few stories I've had over the last few weeks with a few clients is, you know, you may have $100,000 that's sitting in an investment account, an IRA or a brokerage account or otherwise. And let's just say your fee was 1.5% per year. That's assets under management. So your fee would be $1,500 per year. So that would be your fee. But you might not even know that because they didn't tell you that. It was somewhere in some paperwork you signed, but they didn't tell you that, and you don't know that that's what they're charging. In another scenario, client has $8 million. In that scenario, they're paying $80,000 a year in fees. The question they have, and this is the question you should have too, is what do I get for those fees? What is it that I'm receiving in exchange for you receiving those fees? Well, whether it is $100,000 and they're receiving $1,500 a year in terms of fees to the firm, or whether it's $8 million and they're receiving $80,000 a year in fees. What are you receiving as a benefit for your financial situation and household in exchange for receiving those fees? That is what I want you to think about. That is what's important for you, uh, being a good steward over your household and your financial situation, to find out what you're paying. And that is today's Chalkboard Talk. Find out what your fees are and know what you're in for. Uh, do not be afraid to ask that question. Hey, it's time for lunch. Let's go to the teacher's lounge. From now on, I'm eating all my meals here at school with you. What? No. Oh, come on. Relax. I won't embarrass you. You know, Spence, it's always good to go to the teacher's lounge. I enjoy our time in the meal room here. They do a good job here. The food is always good, I got to say. And it's different from years gone by because in the teacher's lounge, some of our teachers smoked. Was that 
Something oh my that happened gosh. when you were in school? <laughs> yeah, it was. And The Simpsons always kind of made fun of yeah. that, where it was like, you know, it had that smell as well. Mm-hmm. And times have changed so much because that smell, you just don't get it really anywhere anymore. And when you come across it, it's like, it's almost startling. It sticks out more than a, uh, a diesel-powered bus going by. The smell of a cigarette, and when they used to open up the teacher's lounge door, and that, that cloud just came at you, the, the teacher's smoke. It was really something. But this is a, it's, it's a new world, and we're much healthier because of it. That's right. There we go. And, uh, and so, hey, today in the lunchroom, we have a couple fun topics to talk about, financial-related and otherwise. But I'll tell you, this idea of transparency is such a big deal to me, and I find that I fight for it. Like, I want to know, even even if I am paying more than uh, maybe, you know, I'm okay paying for stuff and having fees and have, but I just want to know about it. I don't want things to be hidden anymore. I feel like we're beyond that, and it's easier now more than ever to be transparent. So why 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 not be? Yeah, why should we have to do all the work and figure it out? Just tell me what I'm getting. So like you say, if I spend a certain amount of money and you make me more than that, great. You know, because that, that's that's the whole game, and that's it. And people have to be paid for the work they do, and I'm absolutely fine with that too. Yeah, it really should be that way. I mean, transparency is a very big deal. But there are some areas where we don't have that transparency. We don't get to see the fees. Uh, one that comes up a lot, and I think they just have a new law coming up that hospitals and doctors, you have to start seeing the fee. They they, they have to produce what the fee is going to be, and it's in essence having upfront pricing so you kind of know what you're in for before you go. That's always been a big complaint about hospitals. Yeah, how much did that literally aspirin and bandage cost? Anybody that's been through a procedure like has had cancer in their family or something like that, the bills are they're debilitating. And if you could see it all, this is what itemized, uh, you would really, boy, I'll tell you, anybody who hasn't been through it, you got to look at what these folks do go through because it's it's crushing. It changes your life. It changes your family. You know, another thing um, with fees and whatnot, it always is scary to go into a situation like that, too. Because, you know, in some cases, and I had a scenario where we went to the ER and and we're waiting in the ER for, you know, a good period of time before we were seen. And it was upsetting because, you know, the temperature started to come down, given some Tylenol and whatnot, and the temperature started to come down. And we weren't, after 45 minutes of waiting, we're like, you know, I think we're going to be okay. We're researching and talking to, you know, people while we're in the ER, making a few phone calls and stuff. And uh, we're like, okay, I think, I think we're, I think we're just going to go home now. I think, I think it's come down. It's not something we need to be as alarmed as we were. So we're going to go home now. We let them know. And they said, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Doctor's going to come right out. They can talk to you and uh, see you and just make sure. I was like, uh, no, no, we're just going to go home. But it was, it was funny to me how they rushed him out. And I've heard stories that, you know, the doctor comes out and says hello and, it's 750 bucks or something wild. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, w- I was up for that when I was here and I had this chaotic situation of concern, but I'm, I'm not up for that now. And it, it, was, it was concerning. It was very concerning. So. We had an episode within a couple of months with the emergency room. And in the end, when we got the bills, we took it in the end. I will just put it that way. You did the right sane thing. That's uh, good work. 
Yeah. And that's with insurance. Healthcare is such a big deal. It's a line item now that mm-hmm. even when you retire, um, it becomes a big line item, you know, up to you reach a certain point. But a lot of people stay in their job because they receive healthcare from their job. Absolutely. That's almost the only reason why for some people. Here at work at uh, KVTA, we have uh, a couple of, you know, a 401k. And when you go on it, it'll say, this is what you're going to be paid through your 401k. And this is what we predict medical costs will be. It shows you, and they're just, you know, it's not, I don't think it's scare tactics, but they are saying it's going to get expensive and you've got to be careful. What When you hit 65, I guess, you know, you, you get in the, uh, right. all of the programs. So, some Medicare, of Medicare starts Medi-Cal, kicking Medi-Cal, whatever in. they call yep. it. In, yeah, in yeah. Cali. Anybody who's been through it knows. Because youngsters go, I don't need that. I never, just wait. Just right. wait. Right. And that, it's uh, it'll, it'll hit you. Yeah. Yeah, the naivete, uh, mm-hmm. as it were. Hey, a big football game coming up. Uh, of course, the Super Bowl. We're watching that. It's that time of year. I always enjoy the Super Bowl. It's a lot of fun to get together with friends and watch the big game. How are you going to be uh, spending your time here when that comes up? I hope it's in front of a television because this game is so interesting. And this is going to sound strange. I always root for the home team. I'm, I'm an L.A. fan no matter what. Now, did I follow the Rams? I've got a long sleeve that has the Rams logo on it. Uh, and I, I was in enough, so I know about the game. But I will tell you, part of the intrigue is you look at Brady. He's either going to be 5-4 and four or 6-3. and three. This man is so remarkable. And I will tell you, even though I want the Rams to win, but a, a guy who wins six Super Bowls is, how long has his career been? 20 years? I, I'm not sure. It's been a long, long time. This is his ninth his ninth Super Bowl. Wow. I think he's been the MVP five or oh. six times. It's, it's phenomenal, and it, it really is remarkable, the career he's had and what he has done. I know for the sporting sports betting folks, uh, it's very hard to bet against him. You know, and we saw that Kansas City yeah. uh, was the favorite to win. And but these are the Patriots and Tom Brady and Belichick, and they find a way to win. And certainly they did against Kansas City. And then as we move into this Super Bowl, it's just hard. I'm rooting for the Rams as well, but it is hard to to bet against if you're a betting individual for the sports games. Uh, it is hard to go against Brady. It really is. Rams coach 34, right in there. Uh, he's young. He is. Yeah, I think seven he would years be the younger youngest. than the quarterback on the opposing team. <laughs> I and love you, that stat. you look at that and you're just saying, wow. I think they said Brady has played in 40 playoff games. Man. That just doesn't seem possible. I mean, this, this guy is something else. Everybody can call him a cheater or whatever. This guy has produced. He has, yeah. he has put up numbers that are like what Wayne Gretzky did in hockey. And you look at his age, though, but you also look at his, uh, you know, and that, and he, had, he wasn't sacked at all. He wasn't even touched hardly in the previous game. And, and uh, so, you know, that's how he can keep going. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and he's, he looks to still have some live action in his arm. Uh, so, so that is good. But hey, one thing with the Super Bowl, these proposition oh. bets, and you'll see a lot of them come up. And if you've never done that, wherever you're at watching the Super Bowl, take a look at Google search and just look up proposition bets. They have all of these fun little things. I just have the, the greatest time. It's more fun than the game in many ways for me to kind of whoever I'm watching with to say, hey, look up a proposition. Hey, I bet you the next touchdown is going to be a run, not a pass. How about let's bet a dollar? They say, okay, great. You know, and so I'm rooting for run. They're rooting for pass. You know, and then we just you just have all these little fun side 
bets going, and it just makes it an enjoyable time. Is there going to be a touchdown by the defense? Is there going to be a safety? Is there going to be an onside kick? I mean, they, they just go on it. What color yep. is the Gatorade going to be? Exactly. Who is he going to thank first when uh, yeah. they, the winner of the MVP, when they get the award, who will they thank first? Will it be a family member, God, the teammates, the coach? You know, you can have all these funny, fun little proposition bets. So it's, it's just a good time. Yeah, and they keep the game going. And football is uh, not my favorite sport, but I will tell tell you a sport that is community it's the best because you can bring everybody in for your football party and boy when we were youngsters and we used to have our football super bowl parties we would have four tvs in the room so everybody had an angle this is way long ago before we had the big screens it was so much fun and you made your own pools and did the prop bets like you say everybody brings food it's about a five-hour party when it comes down to it and it is fun for the Hardcore football fan and just the person that wants to, uh, you know, hang out and have a good time. Good party. Hey, jumping topics here. Um, you know, online banking. I remember when I was younger and this was coming on and a lot of people I talked to that were older would say, hey, I'm not comfortable with online banking. I, 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 I makes me nervous. I don't trust the Internet. I don't trust, you know, putting this information out there. Worry, worry, worry. And I'll tell you, I've been talking with people now in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Those worries are going away. They're very much going by the wayside when we talk about online banking and not just online banking, online shopping. Where does this stand for you, Spence? I am all in, all in. But I've always been pretty accepting of uh, technology, you know, between uh, the ATM uh, going back at kids. You got to remember in the old day, we called it the Bank of Alpha Beta. When you went shopping for your groceries, you would write over. And uh, and back then, when you think about your ID being stolen, I, and you're, you're not in the same age category, but in the old days, you'd go to the market, you'd buy your groceries, and write, if it was Friday night, write like $25 over so you had some money to spend. And what did they ask you to write on your check? Your driver's license number? It. Oh, far worse. Your mm -hmm. social. Really? On your check. So you were handing somebody a little document that had your, your routing number, obviously, your account number, and your social. And people did it all the time. It was, okay, here you go. And you just, you just did it. And that, you look at online banking risk, and look at what you just did, you know, in the old days. So when somebody like my dad would say, oh, I'm not, but look at other places where you put your risk. And I... I love to shop local, too. I really do. I like to go out and buy my running shoes from mile 26 and do things like that. But there is something about jumping on Amazon when you need something quick. And we have Amazon Prime, and you get it within a day, maybe two. There's something to be said about that. And you download pretty much all of your information there, a credit card number. So I'm exposed. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, – it seems like it's past its uh, you know saturation point of, of making it the norm mm -hmm. that – you know, more and more people are more comfortable with it now, and that's provided it to be more of a network where we're seeing the growth we've seen in Amazon. And some of these other stores are racing to build up their online presence. Walmart over the years has done a wonderful job of just trying to have a better online presence than just being these big box stores. And we're seeing more and more and more of that. And back in the day, it used to be the catalog. Oh. It used to be catalogs where you would get it and order it, and uh, some people were uncomfortable with that. Look what I have here. A listener brought that in. It's a 
a wow. reprint of a Sears catalog. Is that 07? 1908. Sears Roebuck catalog. And H- wow. The Amazon of the time. And that, that's a reprint. It's hilarious to look through. And you look at it now, it's really pretty much what, if you want a catalog, you can order up and you can get lots of stuff in there. From brassieres to houses and shotguns and all sorts of stuff. And that's, that's what it was back then. This is like a two-inch thick, uh, book. huge book that we're looking at here. Wow. But that, that was <laughs> of the time. And when you think about it again, if you have to get a gift, you, you can just get stuff like that. It's I'm I'll tell you, I'm, so, I'm a huge. So fan. it's funny to, you know, analyze this a little bit because, you know, Amazon is huge now and Sears is is hurting now. And but Sears had this idea years and years ago before Amazon was around. Mm-hmm. They had the business model of Amazon. Yeah, pretty much it was you order it. We send it to you. But it was the medium was different. It was, you know, we send you some paper, you review what's on the paper and pick what you want, send it back to us and we send it to you. Now it's just, we go online, we look at the screen, we say what we want and find it and Look send at the it bottom, bottom of the back. So flip over the back, read what it says. It says, we have no agents or solicitors. Persons claiming to be our representatives are swindlers. Isn't that great? So they even have a little <laughs> disclaimer on that. Everything is in there. People have dealt with this forever. If you buy a pair of shoes from this back in 1908, you did deal with, well, am I going to get a size that fits me? Am I going to get this, get that? So all of the complaints we have now were valid back then, too. So this is nothing new under the sun. Like you say, it's just a a different level of distribution. And with Walmart and places like that, how many fulfillment centers does Walmart have to serve the public? Hundreds, for sure, maybe thousands, I don't know. Uh, But they're everywhere. And that's one of the biggest things about delivery the next day. How can you get it to me fast? And Walmart could jump into the game and really affect Amazon. Online banking is just uh, the way of the world now. I think I think we're all kind of getting there. Hey, it's almost time to end lunch and head back to class and get the homework challenge before the end of the day. But, uh, you know, Spence, it's interesting. Do you observe a difference in what you buy if there's a commission or not? Like, for example, do some things that you buy, if it pays a commission to someone else for when you buy that, you know, does that impact your purchase decision? Are you kind of more or less likely worried about that or concerned about that? A little concern pops up if I feel like I'm being pushed on something or a product. But again, I am a believer in paying people what they're worth. And I'm a believer in paying people that give you good guidance. And if they deserve a commission off that, good. And, and I'm in full agreement with that. Because if somebody doesn't deserve a commission, how good are they? You know, and, and I would be concerned about that too. It makes me aware, but it doesn't turn me off. Right. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like if it's natural in the course of the job and what we're doing, then that's great. No problem at all. But, but what's, what, where it becomes a problem, and I have a little bit of an issue that I'm finding <laughs> is a bigger issue than I thought, is when there's a conflict of interest there. Like, let's say I was looking, um, you know, looking for, for a product to buy, and there were three different options. And the person helping me decide on which option to use received a different compensation for item A, B, or C. And so they're really influencing my decision to choose A because it pays them a lot more. That's where I feel like there's a huge uh, conflict of interest. And we see that sometimes, but it's not as well talked about. And so sometimes people say, well, hey, people deserve what they get, so I don't want to get in the way of them making their money. I agree 100%. But if there's a conflict of interest... 
then I care a little bit more to understand where that is. And it goes back to the transparency a little bit. Yeah, and if your waitress or waiter is pushing the apple pie, there might be a bonus for them too. So watch it. <laughs> Just always be aware. But yeah, I agree. If they're pushing something on you that's not totally appropriate so they'll make more cash, that that's not uh, ethical. Well, that's all the time we have for uh, the teacher's lounge. Had time to head back to class and get that homework challenge. Now, boys and girls, I'm going to give you an assignment. I want you to write a theme. <laughs> 